and I really don't care if it is 28 minutes past 9 at night I am making a coffee because the coffee machine is out and I'm going to make the best of it every day It is Wednesday the 25th of March and therefore two whole weeks, 14 days since the World Health Organization uh, declared that COVID-19 was a pandemic that's in response to the very rapid growth of this particular uh, highly infectious and deadly version of coronavirus. And I've been making a series of recordings that are basically tracking the difficult ways in which we make decisions. As an example of the way that people historically make decisions in circumstances not of their own choosing, where they don't have access to all of the information and where it's difficult to predict rational outcomes. And uh, with every day that passes, the, there, is, there is news. <laughs> there are no slow news days in the world anymore. Um, I'm feeling a bit sad today for all sorts of reasons, but one thing that I've just noted is Jeremy Corbyn's just done his last um, Prime Minister's questions. And one of the really sad things about it was that because of the coronavirus parliament was basically empty. Uh, there was no front bench on the government and no front bench on the uh, shadow cabinet. It was just kind of the PM, uh, the leader of the opposition, and God knows who else, a few people scattered around. And so Jeremy Corbyn was just sort of standing there by himself. And uh, it's particularly sad because if one thing that has been proven about the world in this present set of circumstances it's that the all the banging on that we in the left do about the need for properly funded universal health care uh, is just so true and no, none of our science can save us none of our technology can save us from the need for the, the access to health care for everybody universally the science can't save us from the need to fund it properly and to have it organized in such a way as that it is democratically accountable, publicly owned, free at the point of need. Uh, you know, the, the technology and the scientific advances never change that fact. And so just because we live in the 21st century doesn't mean that we're all going to be cured of our ailments or protected from disease or treated or picked up at the right time in an ambulance if we have an accident. The technology will never solve those problems. It's only the set of social relations that we live in that will solve those problems. And at the same time as uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, stepping down in that lonely way, uh, Bernie Sanders, who's the sort of American equivalent, um, is also just facing a horrendous political defeat um, at the hands of Joe Biden, who's just the most uninspiring presidential candidate I've ever seen, more so even than Hillary Clinton. Uh, and these things are sad when we're in such a crisis and you get a situation where Boris has acted too poorly, uh, too slowly, and where Donald Trump is still in a dream world where he thinks the economy is going to be back to normal in a couple of weeks' time. And in those circumstances, we need some seriously bold leadership in one of the most testing times, probably the most testing time that we're ever going to experience in our lives. And, you know, we're led by donkeys, as the old phrase goes. Now, that is a political commentary and not so much about decision-making, but 
does explain the context in which I'm making decisions. Um, I'm feeling down for all sorts of other reasons. I'm sitting here doing some uh, schoolwork, I'm doing some marking. Um, and I've said this a few times, but one of the things that's just really saddened me is my GCSE classes not getting to sit their exams. And a little small decision I'm making is just how much feedback to write on their exam papers, knowing that they're not they're probably not going to sit exams at all for this. And I don't know how I'm going to physically get them their papers, or I'm going to have to scan them all individually, which is going to take a long, long, long time. Hours and hours and hours. And it just saddens me so much that I'm going to read their work and that it's going to be very difficult for me to communicate much back to them other than their grade and their score. And they'll take that less seriously as they know that they're now going to have predicted grades rather than um, outcomes determined by actual exams that they've just been practicing for. Um, I'm also really sad because this isolation situation has increased for lots of people the importance and but also the dangers of social media and the whatsapp groups have become a little bit heavy on Rachel recently because basically like everybody and their dog wants to know how she's doing which is fine but everybody and their dog has an opinion on what she should be doing which is also fine, but you have to be um, just wary and sympathetic and perceptive uh, about the way that you put pressure on a pregnant person as to what decisions they make around isolation, who they should have contact with. Um, how they should arrange their birth plan, just all those things, which are always difficult. Uh, and just the, the social media aspect has been kind of difficult for her, and it's just made her a little bit wary and anxious about accessing those apps. Uh, and I feel that kind of the situation, this whole big global situation, it's kind of exacerbated those problems where social media can be a really effective communication tool, but it can also blur and overwhelm and actually stymie communication in some ways. Um, yet another example of how technology uh, exists in a set of social relations and that it doesn't just solve a problem by itself. Depends on the way it's used, who has control over it, and how it's used. Um, I've also had just a difficult time talking to some friends, which I won't go into, but it's got me. Um, Rachel's parents arrived yesterday and have been great 
um, it has really lifted some weight from Rachel because when you're pregnant having your mum around is obviously the best thing to do uh, despite the fact that there's a very high risk that if Rachel does have COVID which we believe she has in a mild form she will pass it on to them and so we really just sort of have to get the birth out of the way and then they'll probably have to go home uh, before they get sick or before they get very sick um, but it's also been good because they've been able to support with Kira and having Kira um, around us all the time is brilliant but um, it's quite difficult whenever we've got all these other things going on to think about and I've still got my schoolwork to do and Rachel's um, obviously got very little energy as she's just a few days away from giving birth. Um, she spoke to the obstetrician yesterday and they've said they're not going to induce her on Friday which will be in two days time but they'll wait until after the weekend um, so she is still very close to birth although not quite as close as we thought but dealing with a two-year-old when you're stuck in the house all day long um, is quite taxing because uh, she needs constant attention and uh, with having been in the house but having not all of the time to give to her because we're busy with other things and because we can't occupy her outside is difficult so having those having the grandparents there you know some extra hands uh, some experienced hands it's definitely worthwhile and so we know the risks that we're taking in not following exactly the social isolation rules but that's a risk that we all have calculated together and so we know and we understand it the the social distancing rules um, are fully enforced now as I mentioned uh, yesterday the, the police actually stopped me although didn't really know what to say and people are adhering I think by and large to those uh, so I haven't been out to the shop for a week now I think and we've got a delivery arriving tomorrow although lots of the stuff in it has been cancelled uh, our local cafe is selling some things that we'd really like to get our hands on like flour to bake a cake uh, for Rachel's mum's birthday tomorrow but we're not going to do that because uh, we've already flouted the rules in one way and I don't think that we should be doing it in another so we're going to hang on and see how many tins of <laughs> kidney beans and um, jars of artichokes we can get through before uh, we have to go out to the shop but luckily with the shop arriving tomorrow it should be a little bit easier there is an incredible number of people volunteering to do things so I've just read that um, the request for I think 250,000 staff uh, to help volunteer in the NHS they've got 170,000 in a day uh, which is mammoth and in addition to that they're converting the Excel Centre in London into a 4,000 bed field hospital um, and th these sorts of things are contributing to a big debate about uh, what we do to get this um, what will be a devastated economy back on track um, because if you can have a wartime effort uh, to combat this virus then you can have a wartime style effort to re-energize the economy afterwards just like in the second world war where people said well if we could have universal health care or um, and we could have 
uh, full employment, uh, you know, in a time of poverty, then why can we not have it in a time of growth? And if we can plan for war, why can we not plan for peace? Um, and so there's a lot of talk about how um, the Johnsonian viewpoint of the world uh, has kind of been cut short, um, even to the point where Brexit is pretty unworkable now. Um, and that there's going to have to be uh, such a huge and long-term shift in all sorts of policies uh, that the world is probably going to be pretty unrecognisable a few years from now. And that uh, lots of processes that had already begun, the work-from-home revolution, uh, the gig economy, um, talk about universal basic income, uh, in many um, places changes in the way that uh, renting, mortgaging, um, access to healthcare, work. I mean, the the the, um, the Irish um, HSE is effectively taking control of of um, private hospitals, which is incredible. Uh, and so they now have an a, an effectively functioning national health service. Um, and these things that are gained shouldn't be given up. Just in the same way as I've talked about, the civil liberties that are confiscated from us have to be taken back. So there will be a lot of um, discussions and fights that we had and decisions about what should be a permanent change and what should be transient ones. Uh, I'm going to leave there, so all there is to say is my usual mantra. Um, It's a difficult day today and um, I'm feeling the isolation and I'm feeling the, the struggle. But we are the most successful species in the history of the world and unlike what Extinction Rebellion are saying at the moment, we are not the disease, we are the solution to the disease. Uh, and this is just a piece of RNA and we're going to destroy it. <laughs>